Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hello, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. And so make it a great one. And you are so lucky today to have uh, the opportunity to access the amazingness of Tamara Ryan, our guest on the show today. Uh, Tamara has not only been a leader in the community here in Denver, Colorado, but she really has some insights into the truth about working hard in the world and, and finding our place and, and all the good in between. So Tamara, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks, Betsy. Well, I've been lucky enough to know you many, many years as we've been <laughs> trudging through lots of things in Denver, Colorado. And I want you to just tell the world your story. So um, go back before you ran, you know, this vibrant not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. Go back to a little bit about like what in your life woke you up to your per, you know, your purpose and your passion and kind of put you on a path that, you know, led you here. Well, it was in a straight line. I actually have two science degrees. And when I was getting my undergraduate degree in kinesiology, I thought the coolest job ever would be to design shoes for Nike. And I ran track, and so that seemed right up my alley. And then I went on to graduate school and got a second degree in science. And my first job was with uh, a subsidiary of Rush Medical Center in Chicago. And it was this great, innovative place where um, it didn't really matter if you'd never done something before because there were so few of us taking these ideas out of the medical center and taking them to market. I got the opportunity to do all kinds of fun things. And I realized that not only did I love marketing and business development, that I was good at it. Mm -hmm. So that sort of entirely changed my career path, really. I used my science degree so I could talk to doctors and scientists, but I was doing marketing. Then I moved back to Colorado. I'm a fifth generation native. And I realized the things I valued were here in Colorado, like the sun shining 300 and whatever days a year. I know. We have to say this quietly because 10,000 people a month are moving into Colorado. (laughs) So people that live here are kind of like, well, disregard how perfect it is to live here. (laughs) And I was working for a tech company that wasn't based in Colorado. And I really wanted to get some connectedness to the community. Uh, I think now I can see that that was tied to a belief that I have that is when you decide to make a community your home, you make a commitment to it. And that commitment really looks like doing what you can to make it better. And that can look like a lot of different things, but that's what it was tied to. So I started volunteering at Women's Bean Project, which initially was really because I loved the business model. I loved this idea that the better the business does, the more women can be served. And how interesting it was to me that it was a food manufacturing business that employed chronically unemployed women and helped them launch. And so I thought, that's kind of cool and I think I could help. Um, I did that for about six months and then the position of CEO came open and I tried to talk a girlfriend of mine into applying for the job. According to her, I went on and on about what a great place it was until finally she said, if you think it's so great, why don't you do it? Wow. Wow. We'll stop here a little bit. So those who don't know one thing about Women's Bean, maybe they've walked by in a Target store, they've seen an interesting label and they thought, hmm, I wonder what this is. They've seen a signed name of something that's Mm -hmm. pride and ownership. So stop a little bit and give them kind of the 101. We believe that all women have the power to transform their lives through employment. That's the basis of Women's Bean Project. So we hire women who are chronically unemployed. A typical woman we hire hasn't had a job longer than a year in her lifetime, though the average age is 39. So 
they have long histories of addiction and incarceration and, and really they've had jobs, but they haven't had a job where the employer cares that she comes to work every day. And so we hire them to work for us for seven months. And during the time that they're working for us in this full-time job, they're going to spend 70% of their time working in the business in some way. And 30% of their paid time is going to be spent in program activities where they're working on what we call the U job, Y-O-U. So there's the bean job and the U job. And the U job is about really becoming a better employee and community member and mom and person and really getting in touch with what goes on internally, what's her internal dialogue that really gets in her way. And that might come from past trauma. Um, it might come from the messages that she heard when she was growing up that she believed. It might come from her uh, background you know, in the Department of Corrections mm -hmm. that works to dehumanize people. Yeah, and I, I'm familiar, of course, with your program because we've been longtime supporters and we're very happy to partner with the Camp Experience Network. The girls are ecstatic about our partnership because it's so great for women to have, you know, an opportunity to stand with their mm -hmm. other sisters. And so I'm familiar with a lot of those programs, but a lot of those life skills, you know, it's assumed somebody ever told you yeah. how to really do finance or do a checkbook or how to interact and communicate or dress for a job interview. And I think it's so great that you look you know, into the whole person for their overall mm -hmm. success. Well, it, it's assumed, and yet that comes from our, often comes from our own frame of reference where we had role models for employment growing up. I can't tell you how often I've met a woman who has said to me, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know anyone who worked. So when you think about that, what, what do we really think is going to happen for someone who grew up not watching somebody get up every day and do all the rituals that work is work requires of getting up, you know, setting an alarm to begin with, getting up, going to work, uh, all the things that are entailed in going, um, bringing home a paycheck. Uh, so I I don't think when, once you know who the women are, it's so surprising that they need the skills. But when we don't think about that and we only look at it from our own point of reference, from right. our, our our own backgrounds, it can be hard to imagine. Yeah, and I think it's so critical that's what i love about the graduates is because they do come out more well-rounded for the world mm -hmm. instead of just okay i had a job i kept a job great but these other skills are the skills that are going to keep on giving beside just the positive experience with employment well for one perfect example of that is every week we set goals so on monday morning we meet for morning meeting and we go around the room and we set goals for the week and it goals at as much as we call goals, but they're really intentions. And I know that's something that's a, um, a, a strong word for you. And it's one work-related goal, but it's, it's not just, I'd like to um, make sure I come to work on time. It's what we call smart goals. So it's, it's um, actionable and measurable, and it, it's something you're gonna do to try to accomplish that goal. So I'm gonna try to make it to work on time. So I'm gonna set my alarm earlier this week. Right. Um, and then one personal goal, and the same thing applies there. And then on Fridays, we, when we meet again, we go. everyone goes back through, and you have to say in front of everybody whether or not you accomplish that goal. Right. What I love about that is there's both, there's a personal accountability there when you set that intention, but there's a public accountability, and also an opportunity for support and celebration. We have a gong, and the gong, there's no gratuitous gonging that can happen. It, the gong can be rung if somebody accomplishes something, something big, like they get an apartment, 
or they um, are they get their outdate for out of the halfway house or something like that. It's a big deal to get a gong. And that gives us the opportunity to really celebrate the women who come here. Right, and I bet it's really a teaching and learning for everyone because they see some peer set a goal that maybe could be a good goal for them. Mm -hmm. And they watch them do it and actually be actionable, have a step and do it. So now when it's time for that goal for them, they have this role model in their peer group that they could go to and say, wow, how did you ever get here yeah. earlier? Or how did you do that with your son or daughter? Or, you know, yes. like, I think that's cool. That's what I see in our camp family. Um, you know, we gather together and stand for each other and say, you know, what's the lead I need? Mm -hmm. Like you, you learn to say out loud, this is what I want instead of just be like, well, it's nice to meet you. That's great. How can I help you? Yeah. And women are t timid. Oh, well, it's all good. Except for, I really need help. Yeah, and I think it. Um, we have a tendency, and, and I do think this is maybe more a woman thing, um, we have a tendency to focus on what's not, wh how we're not good enough, or what's not going well. And what we're trying to create in at Women's Bean Project is what we call a safe and accepting work environment. So it's safe to be vulnerable, and it's safe to have problems, and it's safe to come here and, and tell your story. But it's also going to be accepting and 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 encouraging. It's going to be about what are you going to do next. So it, everyone who comes here has a past, and we're and that's fine because it helps inform what's possible in the future to a certain extent. But what we really care about is where she's going. Right. And what most of the women tell us is it's the first time they've had that experience. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in their lives that someone's been more concerned about their future. Wow, that's so exceptional. Tell them, everyone listening, a little bit more about the products you make, where they can get them. You know, just because we got so excited about the women, we got off. So tell them your variety. We make a line of dry food mixes and ready to eat items that started with bean soup. Mm -hmm. So that's the genesis of our name. We have six different soup mixes. And then we also have cornbread mix and brownie and cookie mixes. And then we have a number of other ready to eat items. Uh, snacks, um, all different kinds of yummy things. Dog treats, my dogs would like to yes. mention. You Speaking do have three flavors yes. of dog treats. So yes. I'm just saying yeah. as a dog mom. Yeah, we have about 50 different individual items. Uh, some instant beans and rice cups. We're going to be introducing some new breakfast cups in the next couple of months. Oh, great. So awesome. Yeah, those will be instant also. Nice. Um, and we sell our products in about a thousand stores across the country and then online with some of the country's largest retailers. So it's we're pretty easy to find. Super. Well, we are listening to Tamara Ryan. We're here at the Women's Bean Project in Denver, Colorado, and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. We're back at Boost Power Podcast, and I know you're like, I got to get some of that. I got to try some of the products because I understand these products are on purpose. And so this this time is we like to talk about what have you learned? Because I know when you walked in the door, you, you were not in a thousand stores. You were not mm -hmm. nationally, you know, as known as you are now. I know it's been a huge, humongous project, not only to keep the day to day, but to have that big vision 
big vision down the road. So we like to share with women some of the things you have learned along your path, Tamara, as a leader for this particular organization. Oh, gosh. As you think, you know, like what's the first one that pops up? Well, I think the first thing, particularly relative to the business, was keeping keeping the end in mind and uh, you know start always starting with the end in mind and and what i've realized over time is that it has really kind of belong, belongs to everything um, whether it's a personal thing or a work related thing so if you can create a picture or a vision of what it's going to look like when you are wildly successful it gives you a path for what for how to get there um, and I think often we go through the motions of, you know, doing the work day to day without really knowing where we're headed. And um, I think that's a mistake. I think you have to start with the end in mind. And I apparently say that so much that the team here sometimes teases me about that. Yeah, they're going to make you a yes, t-shirt. Yes, probably. Yes. Um, it's, but starting with the end in mind, you know, applies to relationships. It applies to conversations, especially tough conversations. It really applies to everything. Um, but that was the first thing I did when I arrived here is, you know, if we are, if a woman graduates our program and is crazy successful, what does that look like? I mean, what would, what would she have done or how would she be that would make us say she's wildly successful? And then we need to build a program and a business that helps her get there. Right. And, and once you have that picture in mind of what success looks like, the path to get there becomes a lot more apparent. And that doesn't mean that you know immediately, um, but I think first you have to figure out the what, then you figure out the how. And too often we get stuck in the how and worried about the how, even, and we don't actually know what the what is to begin with. Yeah, I think that's really valid. And we talk about that so much in the Camp Experience Network, right? You know, what is your why? And, and then picture, I say, what does it look like when it works? Similar mm-hmm. to you, they probably would give me a t-shirt in the yeah. camp network for saying that. Because people say, I want to be successful. I say, okay, what does that look like? Uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. good luck with that. So, you know, I can say, I want my daughter anchored in something she cares about and loves that she can put her energy in and feel validated and happy mm-hmm. versus I want her to go to college and do something, you know? I think validated, happy, and on purpose for my daughter is going to be the big kahuta, whatever that looks like, right. you know, because I'm not sure she's traditional college, you know, and letting go of what my parents did um, is an mm-hmm. interesting process. I know you're a mom too, yes. besides everything else. Okay. So begin with the end in mind and really study on that. Um, what about how do you build, like lots of people are involved with charities and things. How do you build your donor base? And what are some of the secrets of, you know, advocacy and being able to get, you know, the kind of money and vision that you need to do this really fantastic work? Well, I think that there are ways to enlist people um, that really involve capturing their imagination as well as helping them see what the effect of their support is going to be. We're, we're really fortunate because we have a product. We have tangible evidence of the work that we do. And um, one of the things I didn't mention when we were talking about the products is that um, nearly all of our products are sealed with a sticker that says lovingly handmade by and it's signed by a woman in the program. So not only is there a mission behind the product, but there's an actual person who's, it, it, that a customer can connect with whose life was affected by working at Women's Bean Project. I think that that's a really unique thing, uh, um, opportunity for us. Um, I think people want to be inspired. So I, when I'm interacting with, whether it's donors or customers, 
What I want to do is paint the picture of, of, again, what it will look like when we're wildly successful. I go to work every day thinking about two things. One is that I want to be able to hire every woman who needs us. And how that happens is by increasing sales and continuing to increase sales. We're no, in, not in danger of running out of chronically unemployed women in Denver, unfortunately. <laughs> or in the world, yes. I would say. And so what would it look like if we were hiring every woman who needs us? But then the second part, and probably more important, is how do we ensure that our services are so effective and far-reaching that every woman who comes here is the last in her family to need us? Because we're a 30-year-old organization. My biggest fear is 30 years from now, we'll just be serving the daughters of the women we serve today. And I don't think that should be okay with us. Right. I'd love to have to, you know, hire men or do something else crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. To have so many spots open. Yeah. Because you have to branch out. Because we, we stopped the cycle. Right. To me, that's the reason you come to work every day in this business you know, of, of humans is to really have a, an effect that is so important that you're not necessarily at some future date. Well, that would be amazing. And and tell us a little bit about grads because we've talked about this program where every year, every spring, we have that wonderful celebration lunch mm -hmm. uh, where we bring everyone together and you kind of celebrate the graduating class. What happens? Are, are there alumni groups? Do they stay connected? Do they come back and mentor? Tell us a little bit about that. We have an alumni advisory board and they come together uh, both to give us advice, but also it gives us an opportunity to reconnect and offer services. So we do things like um, we'll have Habitat for Humanity come and talk to our graduates who are far enough out from having graduated and had, have had jobs long enough that they actually could qualify to own a home. Um, so we, the Graduate Advisory Board, then also uh, we um, reconnect with graduates at 6, 12, 18 and 24 months because we want to know how they're doing. We know that at 12 months, 95% of the women who graduate our program are still employed. Nice. And so these are women who have never kept a job longer than a year in their lifetime before they've come here. Wow. So that's such great measurable results. Amazing. Does that qualify you for any federal support? How is your funding? Is it all personal gifts and donations? Or I would think that our government, maybe I'm speaking to the hope of our government, <laughs> would be all over funding you to do something so positive with such measurable results? Well, the majority of our operating budget actually comes from sales. So that supports the, the wages while the women are working in the business and supports the operations. That We kind of run two businesses here. We run a food manufacturing business and a human services business. And then we fundraise to support the remainder of our operating budget where the women are in classes because we're still paying them their hourly wage and we're bringing in the resources to teach them the skills that they need. So uh, we don't typically have government funding in part because we find it often is capricious. So there might be lots of funding available when one policy is in place, but then the policy changes and we never want to be dependent on it. Right. So there are times when we will have, uh, we might have labor reimbursement or we might have a small um, grant from workforce development, but we really have built our organization to not be dependent on those kind of dollars. Yeah, I see where that's really smart. Yeah, well, I'm glad we can use a podcast to continue to amplify this message because if you're out there and you're thinking, wow, what could I do with my life to really have the ripple effect to make a difference, you want to know about the Women's Bean Project. So I'd love to ask, what are you excited about now? And tee you up because I know there's a big vision up here. Well, the biggest project I'm working on right now is to find a new home for Women's Bean Project. We've 
been very fortunate since 1995. We've owned a cool old firehouse and we are chock-a-block full in the firehouse. So we will be moving as, as soon as I find a new home and um, selling this great 1928 firehouse building um, to help us part of the way fund our new location that will be twice as big. So we're both looking for real estate and looking to, to sell our current real estate. Great. But it's really fun to imagine what the future could look like in a new space. All the things that perhaps we don't have room to do, um, all the women we don't have room to hire, um, what, could, what a new space could make possible. Right, oh, that's so exciting. Well, tell people how to get a hold of you. Everything will be listed, of course, with the podcast so they can find you, but say it because many of us listen to podcasts in our car, we're cleaning our kitchen, you know, and so tell them how to find you. Well, the best way to find us is womensbeanproject.com. And everything that someone might possibly need would be located there. And you can shop online. Womensbeanproject.com. I'm just saying, yeah. I've done that before. Also, as we do our last piece here, I will tell you, they have wonderful holiday gifting programs, holiday gift baskets. My husband's corporation uses these products. It's a wonderful way to say thank you to your customers, but also do it with purpose. And uh, all kinds of incredible gifts for anything, weddings, birthdays, everything. So please, the womensbeanproject.com, check out and then notice them all over in retail outlets. You're gonna start, now that you know it, you're gonna look for the label, you're gonna see the cool logo and see the signed signature of some of these amazing ladies. So the last thing we do on the show is you pick a card from the Dream Big Live Big card deck made by a very fancy artist that I know very well. <laughs> and, um, and you read it and then we answer it. So great, this is so funny. It's Go Fed Lead. What support do you need? So what a perfect card for you. So Tamara, if the world can step into what you need, what do you need? We always need people to buy the product. And it's a great way to get engaged with us, no matter where you are. Uh, so womensbeanproject.com is where you can find us. And then what you might realize is how many outlets are near you. Um, and what I want to put out in the universe, because I've been telling everybody and their brother that we are looking for real estate. We're looking for in Denver, central Denver, we're looking for about 20 to 25,000 square feet of industrial space. And, um, you know, as Denver, as many cities around the country are doing quite well right now. Uh, and so uh, real estate is hard to come by. But, well, and, but let's just say this also could be a wonderful shared space for people that are doing things that would be complimentary to you if that building was bigger than that and there was a workspace, a co-working space or um, meetings and events space, other things that could be great. Potentially, Because yeah. you have lots of tours, you have lots of advocacy groups, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're just putting the creative juices in the universe yeah. that some lucky person is gonna get to co-collaborate with all the great energy, the great products and the great people of the Women's Bean Project. Well, we are so thankful to have you on the show. I, you know, love and admire you, consider you um, a friend and somebody who I, I cheer for often. And thank you all for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So listen to Tamara, listen to that path from science into advocacy and marketing and now making an entire difference in the world for so many women and also for our community in Denver, Colorado. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting ideas and our energy. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. 
We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.